Hey guys, welcome back to a new episode of the Postpark Broadcast. My name is Hector Servin. Uh, how are you guys doing? I hope wherever you're at, you are happy, healthy, safe, and sound. Um, welcome back. We we took a week off, not by choice, I promise you that. Um, I was recently in Atlanta for a concert, um, K-pop girl group concert. Their name is Twice. I love them. It was a religious experience. It was incredible. That's not what I'm trying to say, though. Uh, the minute I got back into Florida, like, literally a split second i got off the plane my sinuses were fighting for their life you would have thought they were in a cage match with macho man randy savage himself uh, just getting absolutely pummeled and um, i sounded terrible my nose was on fire my ears were popping it was very bad so i had to take the week off apologies uh a lot's happened since then and and Thankfully, we're recording this day and date. I will say it's March 10th in the morning. Good morning. And the episode should be coming out March 10th in the afternoon. And that's because I had the incredible five head foresight. And I knew there were some things happening this week um, that were going to build up. <laughs> and uh, uh, we're certainly going to be talking about that later in the show as well. That's kind of like some of the biggest stuff. So we're going to be playing catch up a little bit with the news and uh, get caught up. We're going to be talking about down the line. We're going to be talking about the Flower and Garden Festival, which I did attend not opening day. Of course, I was still being attacked by pollen. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking a little bit about what I had at the Flower and Garden Festival and some of my thoughts on that. We are also going to talk about talking about the five head foresight, the Disney shareholders meeting that just took place March 9th on Wednesday and Bob Chapek. We're going to be talking about the don't say gay bill. It is a, it's a juicy story. It's been developing and uh, a lot's have a lot's happened literally overnight. So with that being said, let's just get right into it. Let's play catch up really quick. The first thing that we've got to talk about the Marvel Netflix shows and agents of shield are going to be coming to Disney plus March 16th. This is very exciting. So originally before it was confirmed that it was March 16th, the idea was that it might only be for certain other markets, you know, other countries in Disney Plus. But no, 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 this is a oh, no, 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 no. Disney, this is coming to Disney Plus here in the United States. This is very exciting. The if you haven't seen the Marvel Netflix shows, please, when they get on Disney Plus, I implore you to watch them. These were so good but of course with like if you have seen them you know that they are very mature very adult pieces of content uh, so with these shows will be new parental controls that are coming to disney plus as well uh, because daredevil especially is very brutal <laughs> uh, so the marvel netflix shows if you're not aware for the un uninitiated that is going to include daredevil jessica jones luke cage Iron Fist, The Defenders, which is the series that sees all of those four characters come together and team up against, um, who was it? It was Alien. It was Sigourney Weaver. They go against Sigourney Weaver. That is very fun. And also The Punisher, which is also very, very mature show. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was not a Netflix TV show. It was a an ABC show. It was still very fun. It's cute. It's a It's like a family show. It Sees the return of Agent Coulson, so that's cool. And I don't want to say too much because it's a it's a wild ride. Agents of Shield is, but a good watch. I think it's a good watch. So this is very good. Daredevil, incredible television. Jessica Jones, very good as well. 
Luke Cage, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> uh, it's not bad. It really isn't. I really enjoyed Luke Cage, actually. The end of season two, it sucks that they're not, probably not going to continue it because it ended in a really interesting spot. Anyway, Iron Fist. Iron Fist was the one that everyone did not like. And, you know, there's good reason for it. I don't blame the actor who plays Danny Rand. I think you can only do so much with... You can only do so much with the script that you're given, you know, and the script certainly did not do the show any justice. If you ask me, second season is a little better. I don't know about the first one. Then you have the Defenders again, which is the little mini series where all of them come together. Now, if you're going to watch Daredevil, there's three seasons. Season two is incredible. It's got John Bernthal's The Punisher. He comes out in that and he has his own show. We'll talk about that in a second. But. If you're going to watch Daredevil, I the Defenders is kind of like required viewing because season three picks up immediately after Defenders ends. So like if you jump from season two to season three of Daredevil, you will have no clue what's going on. So you you have to watch the Defenders and then you have the Punisher, uh, the Punisher. I'd never watched a second season. Watch the first one. John Bernthal, incredible actor, very underrated. It's so good. Uh, you know, I liked it. Hell, I loved it. I can't remember the line. <laughs> and what? What? You? I, 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 I'm just, I'm just itching to do it again. You think what? You think, you think? Send me a nut house. Have a doctor's gonna stop me from doing what I want to do? Well, that ain't happening. Not on my watch. <laughs> so good. Very good. Very good television. But yeah, please look forward to those coming to. Uh, Where's it going? Disney Plus on March 16th. That is going to be very good. Jessica Jones, uh, Kristen Ritter, the actress that plays Jessica Jones, she was spotted at, like they the salon where she got her hair done at. They posted a picture of her, I think, and she has kind of like a bluish tint in her hair now, which is kind of how she had it in Jessica Jones. It could be coincidence, but I mean, oh my God, if she's coming back as Jessica Jones, that would be phenomenal. She was very good in the role. Um, moving on to more MCU stuff, uh, Hulk dies in the MCU? Question mark? Clickbait? No, probably not. I do not think so. So recently, Mark Ruffalo was talking. He's doing promotion for that that movie that is coming out on Netflix with Ryan Reynolds and him. Yeah, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but he's doing press for that, and someone pressed him and asked him about the She-Hulk show. And he talks about how great Tatiana is as uh, Jennifer Walter. And he kind of says that he's he's like, I'm passing the torch to her. This is the quote, um, if I can find it. He definitely, he, he indicates that he's like passing the torch. And that alone had people kind of panicking, sort of. People think that maybe it's his time up, you know, his time's up as Hulk. I don't really think so. He says they'll have like really long scenes. He says she's freaking legendary. Tatiana Maslany. Maslany, sorry. It's freaking legendary as the She-Hulk. I'm passing the banner on to her. Yeah, there's some really good, funny, cool, long, long scenes between the professor and her. We've never really seen the Hulk interact with people the way he does in that show. It will be really interesting. So he mentions that he's going to be the Professor Hulk. But the last time we saw him at the end of Shang-Chi, he's like human. And then we also see him, a human version, in She-Hulk 2. So that'll be interesting. I think Hulk will be in for a good long while, I think. Hopefully, maybe. I don't think he will be dying. <laughs> the Hulk will not be perishing anytime soon. 
And even if they do kill him, I seriously doubt it would be in a a Disney Plus show. He is a very big character <laughs> to kill off or even just to retire that there's just no way it would happen in a Disney Plus show. I just that's no that's not a dig at She-Hulk or, or any show on Disney Plus. But I mean, to do something like that, that is like a movie event. You know, that's something you do in a movie. But and even more entertainment news, the entertainment does not stop around here, nor does it sleep. The Fantastic Beast trailer, I believe the movie is Fantastic Beast and the Secrets of Dumbledore. Um, the trailer for that dropped. And uh, very interesting. I have no clue what's going on story-wise. That it doesn't really make that clear. There are a brand new. There are a ton of brand new faces in this trailer. That I'm like, who are these? Who are you people? And I I believe maybe the new like the onslaught of new characters is to just start being able to kill people for like shock factor. I guess maybe I don't know. But a lot of new people. Tina, at worst, Tina. I don't know. I I enjoyed the first two Fantastic Beasts. You know, the the movies have their controversy of she, hmm, the because of course J.K. Rowling. I've already mentioned this. J.K. Rowling and her terrible takes are terrible. She's terrible. But you know, the aside from that, like the first two movies, she wrote the scripts for that. And the thing is she writes manuscripts, not movie scripts. So I think what this movie has going for it is the fact that I'm pretty sure they got an actual like script, script writer, screenwriter to, to come in and, and do the story for this one. So hopefully that helps out a lot because I feel like this could be make or break for the, for the franchise. Uh, of course, Johnny Depp is being replaced by Mads Mikkelsen as whatever Grindelwald I almost forgot I'm very excited for that I love Mads Mikkelsen's I think he is also a very underrated actor you know the muggles uh, I'm really excited to see what he does Jude Law's Dumbledore I I still like that I think hopefully he has a lot more to do in this I hope he's actually a part of the fun this time around you have Eddie Redmayne who you know Eddie Redmayne can be a very good actor but I hate the like shy guy type you know D -D Dumbledore is Ask me to give you this, Jacob. I don't know. I just, I'm excited. I, I am very excited. I think this is the only trailer I'll watch. I don't need to see anything else. I will go see the movie. Hopefully it's good. Fingers crossed. But aside from magic, we have... Paranormal is not magic. <laughs> we have the spooky stuff. Disney's Haunted Mansion is set to open its doors March 10th, 2023. That is very exciting. I'm very excited for the Haunted Mansion. I wish we could get like a trailer or some kind of description of what the movie is going to be about just to kind of get a a feel for the tone, what they're going for here. The Haunted Mansion, of course, is going to star Owen Wilson, Lakeith Stanfield, Tiffany Haddish, Rosario Dawson, Danny DeVito. That's already an incredible, you know, anyway, there was ghosts. And anyway... I started blasting. <laughs> That's uh, an always sunny quote. And so I don't know. I, I'm very excited. Hopefully we get some more information on that soon. Hopefully it's not until. No, well. I was going to say maybe D23. Hopefully there's something before D23, but I'm sure we'd get like an actual trailer at D23. Who knows? But yeah, March 10th, 2023. Mark your doors. Mark your doors. Hmm, your calendars. Gosh. Then we have The Muppets Mayhem, which is going to be a brand new series coming to Disney+. Plus. This is going to not 
I'd imagine that the main cast of Muppets are going to show up at some point, but this is going to be developed and written by the Goldberg's creator, Adam F. Goldberg, Muppets veteran Bill Beretta and Jeff Yorks. The series will follow the Electric Mayhem Band as they go on an epic musical journey to finally record their first studio album. This is going to star Lily Singh as well, who will play the human lead role of Nora, a driven junior A&R executive tasked with managing and wrangling the mayhem that is the Electric Mayhem Band. With the help of Nora, the old school Muppet band comes face to face with the current day music scene as they try to finally go platinum. I don't know what kind of uh, style of show this is going to be, but I mean... Really, who cares? Because it's the Muppets and it's going to be fun. It's going to be really cute. I'm sure they'll get a bunch of musical celebrities on there, which is always something to look forward to. So anything Muppets is is always a, a welcome, welcome thing. I kind of wish they could have made that Muppet show work where it was kind of in the style of The Office. I think that really had a lot of potential if they just kept digging at that. But you know, that's in the past and the past is history. That's why today is a mystery or I don't remember the line, but, <laughs> but yeah, Muppet Mayhem coming soon. I don't think there's a date for that. Just coming soon. It's ordered. Now, finally, moving on to like kind of park side of things, annual pass magnets are being distributed at Disney Springs, I believe for the entire month of March. Don't hold me that to that, but I'm pretty sure that's true. I am a terrible reporter. Uh, <laughs> um, no, it is. Uh, it is the I'm going to go with my guts and say that I remember reading that correctly the entire month of March. Now, when these bad boys went on sale, not on sale, when they started being distributed at Disney Springs, I remember seeing someone say that the line was like up to four hours long. You have to be within, I believe, 45 miles of Disney Springs and hop on to the My Disney Experience app. I think it's the gosh, I am just not prepared, huh? You have to join a queue pretty much like how you're joining to get on Rise of the Resistance or you used to. And you have to join a virtual queue and then it'll tell you when you can come back to come pick up your your magnet. This is insane. Four hours is is very insane for a magnet. And, you know, knowing Disney, they are probably only distributing these magnets at like one location with like one single cast member there, you know, to pass these things out and scan passes and stuff like that. So uh, I, I, I never understand why they don't just put up multiple distribution spots, especially when they sell crazy cool items. Like not that I think the figment popcorn bucket is cool, but <laughs> like like that item you know it was only being distributed at one food booth at the art festival and then after that they sold out and they restocked them and i believe you had to buy them through the app and then you went and picked them up at a certain location which seemed to have gone a little bit better i think it went a little bit better doing it that way but it's like just sell them at multiple spots uh you know it's fine it'll be fine it's gonna be okay you know, have a couple extra cast members. It'll be fine. But yeah, the the desire for magnets is incredible. Apparently, I will be going to get it. Hopefully they don't run out because I want it. I'm not going to lie. So not too long ago, of course, on March 2nd was the start of the Flower and Garden Festival over at Epcot. You know, this is the Flower and Garden Festival that we all know and love. You can go show up and take a look at some of the beautiful topiaries that are scattered through the park, the plethora of food booths and options. I mean, there's like 
so much to choose from in terms of dining out there. You have the live entertainment with the Garden Rocks concert series. You have some fun merch that they sell every year for these events. You know, it's what you know and love from Flower and Garden. So I went not so long ago. uh, I wasn't able to go opening day. Although when I went opening day for Festival of the Arts, uh, it was, I've never seen it that bad. So packed. I'm going to attribute it to the Figment popcorn bucket now that I'm thinking about it. But, uh, you know, I can. I, I wasn't able to go to the opening of this festival, so I couldn't see if it was as crazy as it was for Festival of the Arts. But I digress. Uh, Flower and Garden takes place between March 2nd to July 4th. So that is a, a very good couple of months. That's going to it's going to be here for a good minute as opposed to, again, Festival of the Arts, which I, I personally feel lasted like two days it, in, in retrospect. It felt very short, but I think it's always like that. I don't know. But yeah, Flower and Garden Festival. So I went over the weekend and it was a pretty, it was a very enjoyable day there. It was like medium to low crowds and, you know, you still had to wait, but you were never waiting more than like a couple minutes for your, to order or for your food in general. It was very, very nice day that I ended up going on. So I kind of want to touch on a little bit of everything. I think the food that I tasted will be kind of the last thing I talk about, but I want to get into some of this stuff here, like the topiaries. I I do love Flower and Garden. I think I think now I originally Flower and Garden was my favorite, favorite festival, but then I was legally able to allow to drink and I like wine. So food and wine is, uh, I think it's taking the cake. You know, I think my palate is so mature, mature that the, the combination of, of, of wines and oaky, oaky wine and, and food and cheese just is much more my style for my mature palate. I don't know where I was going with that bit, but I think food and wine takes the cake, especially because they use Remy. And they they have a lot of Remy stuff for food and wine. So it just it's my favorite personal Pixar movie. So that's, you know, food and wine, I would say is first, then Flower and Garden and then probably Festival of the Arts. And if we count, yeah, I'd imagine you count it. But the holiday festival, too, that lasts, I think, a couple months as well. That would be at the bottom of the list, not because it's bad or anything, you know, just because I it's it's ranked based off my preference, okay? Just want to make that clear. But what I do want to say is I feel like the festivals are getting f- repetitive. They I feel like they're getting old, tired. I think we can still do you we can still do flower and garden. What I'm talking about is mostly like the topiaries. You have like the same topiaries that you have year and year after year. And, you know, every so often they'll include a new one. This year they do have some that they have uh, enhanced, I would say, I guess. There is the Peter Plant, Peter Plant, Peter Plant, get it? Flower and Garden, Peter Plant. Totally mistake of a joke, by the way. I did not mean to do that. They have Peter Pan and Hook, and they've had the topiary, but this year, I believe it this year, they added the shark, the alligator. I don't know the name of the alligator, but they've added that to those two topiaries. So that's cool. That's like a really cool kind of enhancement to that. But, 
you know, then you have like all the other ones that you see all the time or every year you have Snow White. Um, I have the book right here, an entire list of them. You know, you have Lady and the Tramp. You have the Beauty and the Beast one, the Anna and Elsa one that feels like been there forever. That troll, that like random troll topiary that they have. You know, there's there's tons and plenty of topiaries. And don't get me wrong. They are absolutely beautiful works of art. Um, But I feel like we don't change them enough for it to be like anything too exciting, you know. So that's my thing about the topiaries. Again, still very beautiful. But it's like, come on. Uh, In terms of the merch this year, I am so pleasant happy because i am seeing a lot of yellow and orange and barely any purple and i believe this is the first time i will officially say this on this show but i 100 despise figment i do not like figment at all please do not even talk to me about him I will not go on the ride. Now, if you love Figment, if you love the ride, if you love him and the color purple, the merchandise that comes with Figment, that is totally fine. I'm not here to tell you you're wrong. I'm not here to tell you anything else. You know, that's your opinion and I have mine. I'm not going to intrude on yours. You can still enjoy them, you know, even if I don't. Again, another thing I just want to make very clear. But I so I'm very happy to see a lot more merchandise around the B, there's that B that they have. I think his name is B. That's not true. His name is not B. There is no way. I'm going to type this up right now. Flower and Garden B. Let's see what his name is. And Spike. Spike is his name. You know, I am so happy seeing Spike merchandise. They have other stuff too, just that is just plain like gardening merchandise clothes things like that hats cups mugs pins you know it's all it's all very nice and you know figment hate aside even the like pass holder figment jacket that they have you know if you're a fan it's going to be really nice for you so the the merchandise team never fails in my opinion at these events i think the merchandise is one of the bigger things I look forward to not going to lie at these festivals because I am a sucker for a pin. I am a sucker for a mug. I've recently like just discovered about myself that I love collecting mugs. I have like, I have some of the, you know, park ones. I have collected a mug from every state or I'm starting to collect mugs from every state I visit. So I'm kind of a mug guy now, you know, I'm, I'm the mug guy, you know, not the root beer, but so in terms of merchandise, that's very nice. They, they, I talked to a cast member because we saw some Crocs that they had and I had asked about that. Not for me. Uh, it's for a friend, I swear. Uh, <laughs> but I asked about the Crocs and they said that they have not come in yet. So it seems that there's still, there's still going to be merchandise that is coming in at a later date. So you never know. Maybe some of the stuff you see now is not it because there are definitely some Crocs coming out that I know of. And I think hopefully this, is a part of what I'm about to talk about next. So I did the spike, the bee, whatchamacallit, the treasure, the scavenger hunt. You pretty much, you know, it's $10, $9.99. You go in the store, you can get a discount too if you're a pass holder. So make sure that's my number one tip for any park. If you're a pass holder, Disney or Universal, always show them your annual pass because 
more times than not, you will get a discount for whatever you're buying, um, except for like alcohol. It'll never work for alcohol. Please take my word for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can get this scavenger hunt. You go around and you look for Spike the Bee's little um, little statue around the park and you find what flower is in that section and you mark it around your little map and it's very fun. It is very fun scavenger hunt to do I enjoy it. You always get a prize at the end. You know, they give you an option. But here's the thing. So you think flower and garden. Okay, maybe the prize is going to be something related to gardening. Maybe it'll be, you know, the the image will have something gardening, flowers, plants, pots, whatever. <laughs> or maybe, oh, maybe it's Spike the Bee. You know, maybe it'll, the it looks like a honeycomb. I don't know. You never know. But all you know is you're at Flower and Garden. It's Spike the Bee, Pollen Hunt. So you think it's going to be either of those things. Okay, this year was so disappointing. I got up there. I finished my my map, went to redeem it. And the lady pulls out three plates, three small plates that are Frozen themed. I I thought it was a joke. Like I thought she was pranking me. And so I looked up and I was like, uh, a lot of frozen, huh? And she goes, "Yeah, I'm really sorry about that." And I, <laughs> I was forced to get a one of the plates. It was like an Olaf plate that I got as a reward for this. So I'm hopeful that it's just the merchandise. The prizes have like the real prizes have not been shipped in yet for the scavenger hunt. I hope that they. They're not giving frozen plates out the entire event. I will be going back to check later down, like maybe a couple weeks, maybe a month to see if that's the case. Because if they really are giving frozen plates, that is kind of hilarious. That is very funny. It it really gave me a good laugh when I went to redeem it. So, <laughs> Of course, it's not the Flower and Garden Festival without a little bit of music. That's right. You know, flower, you know, gardening and music. That's true. So um, they have the Garden Rocks concert series. And, you know, what's what is crazy and very impressive is that this event goes on from March 2nd all the way to July 4th. And they have a some kind of concert like every day, which is very insane. That is very impressive. I will give them that. That's pretty cool. But the thing about the schedule I'll give you some March 4th and 5th were the the Guess Who, which I really hate that I couldn't go to that one. I love the Guess Who. Um, She's come undone. Okay, so the Guess Who, Rick Springfield. um, I'm going to skip over some just to sake of time. Um, Cool in the Gang. I believe that's trying to think of which one Cool in the Gang is. I know I know a lot of these. Please don't get me wrong. I'm not a. I'm not a millennial. I'm not like that kind of millennial. You know, let's celebrate good time. Get down on it. All right. You've got. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I know. Then you've got the spinners. You know, that's a the rubber band, man. I can't. I am losing the beat. You have brand new to the festival. Blue October. You have the hooligans. Don Starship featuring Mickey Thomas. Um, one of the ones that I'm actually looking forward to. Uh, it's not this one, but there's Blood, Sweat, and Tears, the Commodores. They have a flock of seagulls, which is dun, 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 dun. I ran, I ran so far. Away. The Hooligan Simple Plan. Are you kidding me? Simple Plan have been a part of the series 
I, I believe a couple times, uh, you know, this is this, that. Wow. I do not know <laughs> why I started singing that. I'm sorry, but it's not too late and we can't go back. Um, so that's simple plan. There is one that I'm very excited, and that is the Pointer Sisters, because um, they Pointer Sisters, they have a song that I'm going to tell you right now. And it's I'm so excited. Right. They have that one. But the one I know them from the most is from a song they have on Grand Theft Auto Vice City. And it's like it's one of the clubs that you go into. It's a very memorable song when you hear it. And it's like, look what you done to me. I'm mentally at will, right? Then you have Daughtry, which is new. That's actually pretty funny. It's not over. And part of me was dead and in the ground. Okay, that's enough singing. All right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. So, you know, they've got a, a very long list. You can head on over to the website, disneyworld.disney.go.com, or you can just search up Garden rocks concert series and you're sure to find the entire list but the thing about the garden rock concert series is that they always have people that are like not new like it's very obviously artists that are catered to more older people and i don't mean that to be rude um because i am familiar with a lot of these artists and and their music you know i i love music I will listen to music from any age, decade, any genre, language. Um, don't limit yourself, kids. L- listen to music from different countries. Listen to, you know, it's not about understanding what they're saying. You know, it's the it's the feel of it, the music that really gets you going. It's, it's beautiful. Music is very beautiful in that sense. Um, so, you know, but that's my thing is that a lot of these artists are just like not of this era that don't really kids don't know these days not even just kids but even people my age you know i'm 25 dang (laughs) that's a reference to that kevin hart and uh yeah okay um but like even that's not like a major drawback again because you know the concerts always fill up there's always people excited and waiting for these artists um so it's kind of like a you know it's not a complaint but it's not like props type of comment either it's just i don't know how to put it but you know i just wish that disney has the money to put out the money for some you know you look at mardi gras right and even universal will get artists that are kind of you know relatively big or you know this and that but they will get some heavy hitters i mean you know they they will get some heavy hitters in their show for their concert series so i feel like disney could maybe do the same or maybe we do something different down the line with something like that, which maybe I'll talk about later. Uh, but yeah, I, there's your concert list. Who knows? That's uh, which one are you excited for? But of course, let's get on to the yummy, yummy in my tummy food. That's available. <laughs> that's available across the park at Epcot for the flower and garden festival. I had about like maybe five items uh, the day that I was there. So I'm going to go over those things. So the first one right off the bat is the Trowel and Trellis booth that is hosted by Impossible this year. I do not remember that being the case. I don't think I've ever gotten food from this booth in years past, just the drinks. So I cannot confirm nor deny that this has always been hosted by Impossible. But they have a boneless Impossible Korean short rib with cilantro, lime rice, 
Danmuji slaw, and kimchi mayonnaise. Now, this was very kind of strong. The I, I'm not a impossible eater. I'm not like vegetarian or vegan, but I do enjoy trying impossible dishes here and there, you know, just to kind of change things up a little bit. However, this like Korean short rib that they had was very strong. Like the flavor of it, I don't know if it's always like this, but the flavor was like really overpowering on it that it that's what was kind of making it nasty. I think if it didn't taste that strongly, I would have really enjoyed this dish. Um the short rib was very dry as well. Like it was very hard to break up, but that wasn't really so much a problem. Again, it was the overpowering taste of the impossible short rib. Everything else was really good. The cilantro lime rice, good. The dan, dan muji slaw and the kimchi mayonnaise, very good. It was just really the impossible short rib that I kind of had a problem with. It just, you know, again, I, I don't know if that's how it always tastes or what, but. That was right there at Trial and Trellis. Like literally, if you enter World Showcase and you go left, start heading over to Mexico, it'll be right there on your left. It's right before the Mexico booth, actually. Then keep going. The next thing I had was in Japan at the Hanami food booth. Now, what I had here was the, I can't remember what I had. It was a chicken yakitori. That is grilled chicken with scallions, red pepper, shoyu, emulsion, and pickled onions. Um, the grilled chicken was is cooked very well. It was very moist. Not moist, that's the wrong word, but it was a very juicy piece of chicken. Just kind of lacked a little bit in flavor. I'll have I'll post pictures of all of these dishes on Instagram, uh, which I forgot to plug. Oh my gosh. At Instagram, at Instagram, on Instagram, at Postpark Broadcast. You can also follow along to uh, you know, my ramblings on Twitter. That is at Postpark Bcast on Twitter. So go and check that out. I'll be posting photos of the dishes over on Instagram. The So yeah, the chicken was, was cooked well. It was like very great piece of chicken, just not a lot of seasoning on it. Uh, the red pepper show you emulsion. It was very watered down. I believe it was from, I don't know what was causing there to be water on this plate, but there was, and it kind of really water down that that red pepper emulsion so that was kind of unfortunate i didn't really get a good taste of that but the pickled onions oh my gosh those things will i should have just gone straight to epcot with my sinus problems because these pickled onions would have cleared my sinuses no problem it is that is very strong pickled onions that they are serving you here um that's not a complaint that's just I'm warning you that the <laughs> pickled onions are very, very, very strong at the Hanami food booth. Next thing, we went on over to the Tangerine Cafe, the flavors of the Medina. So this is, there's usually a booth out there, but not this year. It's actually in the space of the little restaurant in Morocco that's there, which is is the Tangerine Cafe, I believe. So you you have to go in that building to get these items. This I had the Mediterranean flatbread, which is with zadar. So I'm very sorry for mispronouncing this. With zadar, artichokes, olives, mozzarella, and feta cheese. Up in it is pronounced zatar, zadar, zatar. It's telling me za and tar. So um, again, apologies. Uh, I try to be respectful. 
every time I can. Uh, so it's a generally combination of dried oregano, thyme, and or marjoram, which is woodsy and floral, with sumac and toasted sesame seeds. Now, this is what I am. I think they used as the like base for the Mediterranean flatbread, kind of like the replacement for what you would consider the tomato sauce. This was hands down the best thing that I had at this festival when I went. I mean, this was so delicious. The the za'atar, like that blend of herbs is just so perfect for this flatbread. The artichokes and olives give it that really like kind of saltiness to it that I, it's not overbearing. It's just like that, ta- you know, if you've had olives, you know that they're generally salty. Then with the mozzarella cheese and the feta, it just was such a, there was like a crema on there. There was like some kind of like, I don't think it was sour cream, right? But it was, I remember there being like some kind of crema on there. But I mean, please, if you go get the Mediterranean flatbread, this was easily the best thing. It was so good. I think about it day and night. I was drooling. Oh my gosh. It was just absolutely wonderful. It Again, just such a great mix of the herbs that are included in the za'atar. The uh, you can really taste the oregano, and the, uh, not so much the thyme, but really you get a lot of this oregano taste to it. Again, mixed with the artichokes, olives, mozzarella. It's just such a good, good combination. And the flatbread itself was was very good, very crunchy, delicious. Please get it; it's so good. And right next to that. Right before, in between France and Morocco, is La Isla Fresca, which this is kind of their Encanto-inspired booth. You know, the second one in a row. I'm sure food and wine will have it as well. But here they're serving a bunch of arepas. They have arepas with melted queso fresco, topped with shrimp, crushed avocado, aji, and tomato sauce, and an arepa with chorizo. Now, I didn't have any of these things. I went for the tres leches. And... You know, maybe this is my fault. Maybe it's not. I don't think it is. But I have the coconut tres leches. I did not really read the description for the item. I just know I love tres leches. Tres leches, if you don't know, is this cake that um, it's it's cake and then it's just soaked in milk. And they use, of course, because tres leches means uh, three milks. Um, so usually what they use is evaporated milk, condensed milk and heavy cream. There's a lot of places that use different types of milk, depending on so depending on where you go, it may be a little bit different, but I love tres leches. So I just saw that and immediately got in line. The description is vanilla cake soaked in oat milk, almond milk, and coconut milk with toasted coconut. So it's in like this little tin thing, and you know, the cake's at the bottom and it's got the whipped cream on top. This tasted like, you know, when you make cupcakes and you you mix the batter and before you pour it in you you lick the batter off of the you know the mixing thing that this tasted like nothing but cupcake batter it was kind of disgusting um it was very mushy and just it tasted almost exactly like cupcake butter uh batter and i didn't realize it until afterwards but then that's when i read the description had oat milk and the oat milk is, it gives it this really like, cause you know, oat milk, if you've had oat milk, you know, it's this, it's very kind of grainy type of t- 
texture to it. I can't, I don't know how to describe that. I, grainy is the best way for me to, you know, it's the first thing that comes to my head. But that's what it felt. You could really taste the oat milk. You could really feel it. And it just tasted like eating nothing but cupcake batter. It was kind of not the best dessert I've had. So I would personally not recommend this dish. That was not for me. I don't know if it'll be for anybody, but we'll see. Then moving over to France, we have the Fleur de Lis. Fleur? 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 Fleur de Lis. Sorry. And I had two things here because I had FOMO while waiting in line. I had the Pan Bagnat Classique and the <laughs> Beignet. Oh, no, that's not what I had. The Croissant au Fromage de Cheville. Herbes et roti, pardon my French, but um, and the pan bagnat classique. Now the croissant was a croissant that has goat cheese, herbs, and roasted garlic. The second thing is a nikos nikosi sandwich with house-made bread, albacore tuna, mayonnaise, tomato, black olives, lettuce, and celery. So it's a tuna sandwich. So. I w originally wanted the tuna because I saw it and I was like, oh, it's just tuna sandwich. But maybe it's maybe there's more to it. Maybe there's something else to it. But waiting in line, I smelled the croissant and the croissant smell was so powerful, so intoxicating. It's like garlic. Like what? You cannot pass up that smell. It smelled divine. So I was like, OK, forget I'm going to get them both. The croissant with goat cheese. So it's filled with goat cheese and herbs, roasted garlic inside. They overfill the inside, if you ask me. However, the flavor that is in this thing is phenomenal. I mean, again, you know what herbs and garlic, roasted garlic together means. You know what it means. It's delicious. It's yummy. It's fantastic. And the croissant, so flaky, so soft, just incredible. It, it, it's a great great croissant. I would recommend sharing it because again, they do overfill the croissants if you ask me. And the flavor can kind of get a little overpowering once you eat like a lot of it. So I would recommend sharing it. But if not, you'll still have a good time eating it all yourself. Now the tuna sandwich, the Pan Bagnat Classique, uh, again, apologies for my French. This was just a tuna sandwich. Um, I was I was pranked with too much tuna. I was pranked with too much tuna. And really, like literally just a tuna sandwich. The bread is really good. Um, and that's about it. It's a just a, a good tuna sandwich. It's an okay tuna sandwich. Um, I would not go out of my way to get this. I'm sure there's other much better things that to get across, you know, the event. But it was okay. It was definitely not bad. But get the croissant. So just to wrap up the Flo F Florida, the Flower and Garden Festival, um, you know, it's a fun time. It's it's the same fun time you always have at Flower and Garden. A lot of uh, foods to try, a lot of cool merchandise out there. They have the butterfly tent thing that's returned, although right now it is right next to the land pavilion because, of course, where it usually sat is there's construction going on right now. I believe it's maybe going to be the uh, Moana thing, I, I think. Don't quote me on that. Uh, you know, yeah, it's it's worth going to check out. It always is. Doesn't matter what. There is one booth that has like a rotating menu 
throughout the it's going to change its menu like three times and that's kind of the things that i what i want them to do more of it's like i want like that feels so different and unique i know it's silly but it just i need more of that and it would be cool if like most of the booths had rotating menus that would be really cool but yeah go check it out i'm trying to get to the next thing because it's it is the biggest thing and we're also running out of time and also before like we get started on the next thing i want to just flat out come out and say if you think that talking about like the don't say gay bill and all this stuff if you're thinking like don't bring politics into disney um just get out of here already don't care for you don't need you here (laughs) if that's your take um this is not a, a political issue this is a kind of a human rights issue and if you have a problem with that then uh buy l plus ratio plus shut up uh plus your loser plus go outside and plus go touch grass all right so just want to get that out of the way so of course the thing i'm going to be talking about now is bob chapek so a lot has been happening and a reason why i delayed the show was because i knew march 9th was going to be the shareholders meeting but even before then was here in florida legislation this uh really disgusting bill that's being called the don't say gay bill you know just a really stupid bill made by some demons that creating a problem where there really isn't any and uh, pretty much what it is it's like it it's going to prohibit teachers from discussing uh, gender identity and sexual orientation it's not indoctrinating kids and teaching them about sex they there are people on the right that are trying to make it seem like that i think even like the like ron DeSantis's press secretary was calling people who defend this bill groomers and pedophiles which is very disgusting it's all you need to know about them and uh, but anyway disney ceo bob chapek has been very silent on this legislation. And of course there are a lot of, uh, not even on the creative side of Disney, but also like cast members and stuff that are part of the LGBTQ community. Um, this bill is something that affects, you know, that community and, and all these kids that, you know, who may be gay, bi, lesbian. It's just a really terrible bill for the youth, I believe. And, you know, cast members, employees on the creative side, like they've been wanting Disney to speak out on this. And and Bob J. Peck was like, yeah, I don't see how this is going to help. You know, I, he came out with he sent this long email out to staff pretty much saying, uh, I want to be crystal clear. I and the entire leadership team unequivocally stand in support of the LGBTQ communities, employees, their families. And we are committed to creating more inclusive company in the world. We all share the same goal of a more tolerant, respectful world where we may differ is in the tactics to get there right here. And because the struggle is much bigger than any one bill in any one state, I believe the best way for our company to bring about lasting change is through the inspiring content we produce, the welcoming culture we create, and the diverse community organizations we support. So that is just one little piece of the memo he sent out. And this is very funny because this line and because this struggle is much bigger than any one bill in any state is very stupid because the yes, he's he's right. You know, the struggle is, is very is much bigger. Um, but the thing is that these like small bills in any one state add up to cause the struggle and to get worse. And it just makes things worse. It doesn't any these little bills in any one state make things worse overall. So that's a very stupid uh, thing to say. So this is how it started. It started with, with this pretty much saying like, no, it's the content that we create that that's meaningful. And, you know, 
uh, we can't do anything there. You know, he, he even says, where, where is it? He's like, yeah, we, we've, we donate to people on both sides of the aisle. You'll see that come up a lot. The playing, trying to play like the both sides of the aisle thing. And then he says, as we have seen time and time again, corporate statements do very little to change outcomes or minds, which is just a very blatant lie. <laughs> like absolutely blatant lie. I believe like Disney has gotten themselves a carve out from Florida legislation legislation here in the past. I mean, literally like just actual carve outs for the company just because they were like, Hey, can you like, please exclude us from this legislation or whatever? Look it up, please just look up Disney carve out legislation. Um, I'm not too familiar with the details of the bill. I have seen it and I have read it, but I can't ex- like, it was something to do about freeze something about so they could control like what kind of reviews get put out on for Disney plus and stuff like it was, it's very interesting. Um, so that was a lie. Yeah. That corporate statements do very little to change outcomes or minds. He just it sent a terrible just memo to everyone. And so that ruffled some feathers. And this is like a couple of days before the shareholders meeting. And then unfortunately, the legislation passed. So it's going to the governor's desk. And then the shareholders meeting happened. And dude, shareholders meetings are insane. This is like my first time actually paying attention to one completely from start to finish. Like shareholders have proposals. I mean, one of them, um, one of them was to a vote for more disclosure on Disney's lobbying efforts. It was like an annual report that would, you know, pretty much show everyone like, hey, this is what Disney's lobbying for this is who they donate to you know this and that um the board recommended no and of course it got declined uh there was this weird racist guy that came on at one point uh, there was a, a proposal for pay equity across race and gender the board recommended no on that one but that one thankfully ended up getting passed uh let's see what else was happen so bob chick peck finally comes out and he's talking about all the things that are coming out where the company stands that you know we're we're strong and this and that we've got content for days that are coming out we did get told that moon knight comes first then miss marvel and then she hulk so that's interesting but not the point of the the story right now and uh yeah so then we get into the shareholder q a and this is where things got really interesting so people were calling in and pretty much asking like hey you know we heard you say oh because before the q a he kind of does a little bit of damage control <laughs> he talks a little bit more about the don't say gay bill and he comes out and he says okay well you know what i had sent out was in good faith and i thought it was going to help but you know i i realized it didn't and he goes look disney's been against the don't say gay bill he's like and we've actually been trying behind the scenes you know we've been opposing it and and this and that which is not really a, a good <laughs> thing to say if you ask me and it called Ron DeSantis and to, they were going to schedule a meeting and Ron was going to sit down with Bob Chapek and a small group of cast members or people that work at Disney that are part of the LGBTQ community. And they were going to sit down and talk and, and that Governor DeSantis didn't want the bill to be weaponized against anyone, this and that, which I mean, the bill's existence is already, you know, being weaponized against people of that community. So that's how he opened the Q&A. Then people were like, yeah, but, you know, what else are you going to do? Then Bob Chapek says, five, we are going to donate $5 million to uh, LGBTQ organizations um, to fight the bill or any bill that pops up around the country. They'll also be signing a, um, like a legislate, not a, I don't know. They're signing something that says they oppose this type of legislation all throughout the country. 
it was a really incredibly moving speech by one of the shareholders. His daughter had wrote a, a letter for him to read. That was really sweet. There is a lot of really nasty, disgusting people out there that are shareholders. It, they, they, they just, you know, and it's crazy because they come on to like spew all this nonsense and you have to listen to them. They have to listen to them. It is, it's, it's insane. It's wild. So, so he said all that about DeSantis, right? That he's going to meet with them and, and this and that. Well, see, I'm glad I had the five head not to, not to, uh, not to record right after because then, then, so Chapek said that DeSantis assured him the law would not be used to unduly harm or target the LGBTQ community. Again, insane because the existence of the bill is already like just exactly that and that that DeSantis's team was very open to hearing about concerns about the legislation and then DeSantis's team office came out and said quote Disney contacted contacted our office today to speak with the governor this is the first time we have heard from Disney regarding HB 1557 the governor did, did take the call from Mr. Chapek the governor's position has not changed which is brilliant because in the Q&A, someone called in and was like, look, you said that you called the governor and this and that. Like, what do you expect out of this meeting when it's very clear the governor is not going to change his stance on this legislation? And he just kind of was like, yeah, well, you know, the governor told me that that's, you know, that's not going to, you know, he's going to listen to us or whatever. Uh, no in-person meeting has been scheduled yet. And then they spew some nonsense about how like Disney is a friend, family friendly company that creates wholesome entertainment for kids. The same Florida parents who take their families to Disney also support parental rights and education because they do not want their young children exposed to inappropriate content about sex and gender theory at school. It's not about gender. It, this is like all misinformation. It's not about sex or gender theory at school. No one is like, again, they, they act like people, teachers are at school, like teaching kids how to have sex and like that you can have sex with the same sex, same gender. And like, that is literally an, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. They're just making it up to push this terrible ass bill. <laughs> so the yeah, is kind of like threw JPEG under the bus a little bit there. But then it gets even juicier because after that, Pixar, a letter from a Pixar staff to Disney letter uh, to Disney leaders was sent out. And it says a statement to leadership from the LGBTQIA plus employees of Pixar and their allies. We are writing because we are disappointed, hurt, afraid and angry. In regards to Disney's financial involvement with legislators behind the don't say gay bill, we hoped that our company would show up for us, but it didn't. Uh, then they go on to say by asking Disney to, quote, take a decisive public stand against the legislation in Florida and similar legislation across the country. In the same letter, Pixar also goes and says this matter is not something that can wait until reimagined tomorrow in April or Pride Month in June, which is very good that they call that out because like. Even that initial like statement from Bob Chapek in that memo that's like, you know, we can't, you know, we're not going to take a decisive, you know, there's no point in, in saying anything. It's not going to change mind. But then they're going to go ahead and like, you already know, like come Pride Month, they're going to put out all their Pride Month, Pride Month merch, make all the money off of that. And it's like, but it's ridiculous. And so continuing from the letter, it says, quote, this matter needs to be addressed now. This is urgent. 42% of LGBTQIA plus youth could seriously considered suicide in 2021, including more than half of just transgender and non-binary youth, with the large factor being the lack of support from these discriminatory legislations enable. Then after that happened, the HRA, the Human Rights Campaign, has rejected the Walt Disney's company donation to its efforts to protect LGBTQ plus rights, demanding that the company take meaningful action to combat Florida's don't say gay legislation. 
<laughs> this whole shareholders meeting was literally was Bob Chapek like just getting the hand to him. People were rightly so getting on to him about their decision, their silence. And during the meeting, he's like, yeah, you know, uh, we we seriously oppose this bill behind the scenes and this and that. But it's like, yeah, you're a dollar late and or a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> the bill already passed. It's all it needs to be assigned. And now you're saying something like that's a little ridiculous. And then later it came out. Pixar employees say Disney cuts, quote, nearly every moment of overtly gay affection end quote, from their films. Quote, even if creating LGBTQIA plus content was the answer to fixing discriminatory legislation in the world, we are being barred from creating it. So employees of Pixar literally came out and were like, yeah, dude, Disney literally censors us and this type of content. So even if content is the answer, they are still censoring that. Quote, we at Pixar have personally witnessed beautiful stories full of diverse characters come back from Disney corporate reviews, shaved down to crumbs of what they once were. Um, even if creating, and then the quote, even if creating LGBTQIA plus content was the answer to fixing the discriminatory legislation in the world, we are being barred from creating it. Incredible. Incredible that Pixar, employees of Pixar are coming out so loudly. Much power to them. I, I mean, honestly, like just, just absolutely incredible. Disney is definitely getting the backlashes that they that they rightfully deserve on this. I mean, he also said JPEG was like, you know, moving forward, we're going to be revise, reviewing who we donate to and and this and that. But it's like, yeah, sure, sure. Like, and it's really sad because, you know, you do a show like this where you're excited. You talk about what's coming to Disney, what's what's new, what's happening and this and that. But then at the end of the day, like Disney's a, a business, right? It's a big corporation. And, you know, the product that they sell, you, you like the product, you like the product, the movies, the the theme parks and stuff like that. But then you like get snapped back into reality when they do something like this. It's just it's really insane. And someone even in the Q&A was like, I think it was a part of the speech that, you know, like a blink and you miss it. Uh, same sex kiss in Star Wars is not fair representation and it's so insane that like people will see same-sex representation on screen and be like god this oh stop forcing this stuff on me that stop trying to make my kids uh be gay and this is too woke man this is political it's like no it's like literally just human beings like expressing emotions <laughs> and like kissing it's like the same thing as like a, a man and a female kissing yeah it's just like shut up stop crying even bob Iger like tweeted the other day he was like yeah the president's right that this bill is disgusting like this is gonna hurt so many people in the future like what you know that was a leader man bob Iger. hey not okay so bob chapek dripless no style no sense of fashion whatsoever bob Iger. oh my gosh fashion king always drippy always is a great sense of style um cool he's bought pixar marvel star wars what is bob chapek acquired nothing you know i miss bob Iger. i really do and i mean i just don't really like what bob chapek has been doing with the company like the choices that have been going on especially in the theme parks he mentioned that the quinjet attraction and the Mary Poppins attractions were put on hold because they're not funded yet, which doesn't make sense. I mean, you would think that the Quinjet attraction at Avengers Campus would be instantly funded because it's the MCU. I mean, it's like one of the biggest things 
in entertainment right now, you would think uh, just such odd choices. And I mean, um, I think he he probably is a decent man. It's just that this was a very bad decision on his part. Uh, bad, bad thing to stay silent on, in my opinion, and especially when representing the company. Uh, it's uh, yeah, big mistake. Huge. So, you know, in terms of this story, it's still kind of developing. It's it's been very interesting. Disney is definitely for certainly getting, you know, a lot of backlash on everything that's happened within the last like couple hours. Right. Again, rightfully so. And, you know, I'm sure I've upset someone with my commentary today on this matter. And if that's the case, again, bye. don't need you here. This is a, you know. I want this to be a very inclusive place. I want this to be a a place that stands for morally correct things, you know. So if, if I've upset you, I'm really don't feel the need to apologize. Thank you for your listening for at least the first couple episodes, uh, and uh, you know, have fun doing whatever. With that being said, I think we're going to be closing the show. We've gone over a little bit over an hour. It's been a doozy of an episode. Very interesting one at that. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please reach out to me on social media, Instagram at Post Park Broadcast and on Twitter at Post Park Bcast to let me know what you guys think about all of this, everything we've discussed today. And we'll be seeing you in next week's episode. Hopefully there'll be some more developments. We never know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So thank you guys so much for listening. I will see you guys in the parks and goodbye.